Melbourne today who is a massive, big influence in the whole world of snowboarding and understands the media, the marketing game, transitioned out into um, a whole bunch of other stuff which we're about to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, uh, Mark Frank Montoya from markfrankmontoya.com. How are you, my friend? Yo, what's up, man? How are you doing, man? A-okay. So I'll maybe start, I'll start here. You wake up now in twenty. You wake up now in twenty twenty one, but you've had a huge history from um, in a world that isn't isn't in snow. Are, are you happy with where the where you're at right now, headspace wise, everything wise? Like how how you feel? You've lived an entire crazy world that not many people have lived, and you wake up and you're like, "Huh, twenty twenty one. Here I am." out of the game, but in the game, how are you feeling and how's the headspace and how is life as Mr. Mark Frank Montoya in 2021? I'm so stoked and thanks for having me on. Um, I'm, I'm stoked to even connect, man. Um, I'm like right now is in the best stage ever, pretty much like the ever, ever, ever. We're in, we're just in a good, just a, like the greatest space. We just moved over here to Carlsbad, California, and uh, I had no idea how great it was to really like be here and live here you know i always kind of fought coming to california because i thought oh you can't retire early and it's too it's too expensive and you know i was all about kind of the the financial freedom thing trying to get free you know and uh but man it's 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 insane here so happy wife happy life this was on our dream board for like 10 years you know over 10 years so pretty cool we're stoked things are sweet so in 2020, 2021, most of the world is trying to, most of the, the, a lot of players are leaving California. You've gone to it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you're keeping that, um, keeping that consistent. So rewinding back from the world of um, snowboarding into it, transitioning out of, um, you know, for those who aren't aware, professional career for almost two decades, pro model, pretty much everything top to bottom, probably one of the most recognize iconic snowboarders in the game what was the biggest thing that you took out of snowboarding that you've taken into um life outside and after snowboarding what was the biggest insight or or learning or just from a headspace perspective of transitioning out of that game because a lot of athletes don't do it well and i'm just wondering from the hikes and the peaks of what you went through from the 90s and the 2000s transitioning out what did you learn that others potentially haven't Wow. Um, great question. Uh, man, so many lessons in there. So many lessons. And I'm, I'm actually surfing a lot right now and there's like so many analogies about the whole surfing game. Um, but one of them for sure is like, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you and the meaning you put on it. So, uh, you know, like my whole, the whole, since the beginning, um, People are telling you, they give you their advice and their opinions, right? So they're like, what are you going to, you know, so I found my, the a skateboard, I found my passion early. I just wanted to be a skater. My dad's like, what, you know, like I had, well, there's a, there's a story behind there. I wasn't supposed to be a pro snowboarder or anything. Right. But um, I was supposed to go to soccer, like, cause that was the only way I was going to go to college. We didn't have any money. So I was supposed to get a soccer scholarship, but I, I found that skateboard. So I found my passion. That's another thing, fine, you know, doing doing what you love. Cause I just believe if you love what you do, that's success. Doesn't matter the money. Mm. Money comes as a side effect to how good you get at whatever you're doing, you know, because you do it a lot. 
but I had found my passion. So, you know, people got give you their opinions and advice. Right. So my, I, I quit soccer just to be a skater. High school was done and I wasn't going to college. Right. So he's like, what the f- you can do with you. What are you going to do with that? Stupid you can swear, mate. I don't care. It's fine. Okay. With that stupid skateboard, you need to go to school and get a job. Right. And I'm like, I'm hearing it from everyone in my, my, you know, and, uh, luckily through skateboarding i found snowboarding and then i got to hear it from everybody from there because my my friends were moving up to the mountains right they're like we're gonna go be ski bums for a couple years you want to go you know and i just like took off to the mountains and uh you know then i come back back home and everybody's like when are you gonna stop doing that you know you go to the hospital break your bones get back up like there's a lesson right there right go to the hospital break your stuff get back up most people just kind of something happens they stop let go of the dreams you know, some just people kind of give up and dabble in things. I, for some reason, I just I'm not a dabbler. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, like that's a big lesson right there. Don't be a dabbler, man. The um the position of life after snowboarding around business is one that many don't do well, but it comes about positioning yourself with what you do and how you do it. In the snowboard world, it would probably be arg- arguable. You're probably one of the top th- i'd say top three most well-branded mm. entities that existed right and you know um I, I talked to obviously i came through the snowboard world a little bit obviously lower a different level new zealand or whatever but i asked a few of my snowboard friends i said that i was going to be talking to you and it was really interesting because in a world where everyone was doing you know 1080s and 900s and all sorts of crazy shit and going far 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 this way it was like yo dopest back ones ever yo crazy. <laughs> and and it was something to it because the branding of less was more done right, done well. Yeah. How was your headspace? How did you think about the brand of MFM in the snowboard world with how you actually approached the way you would position yourself? Because obviously you're, you're not just a white dude that's rich. You know, I wasn't just a white dude that was rich. You know, how did you, what was your headspace strategically with how you um, played and positioned yourself in the space? Was it conscious? How did you think about it? Because it's something that I think a lot of people would really, really, really like to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, Robert. So I, I didn't, I didn't really know what I did when I did it. Right. I, I just, I just rolled up in there, cornrows. I was broke. But I, well, you know what I did like is, is uh, how they would look at me like, and they, I wasn't supposed to be up there, and that, that made it. Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because right? the skiers just hated us, man. So that that made it fun to mess with them, you know. And so uh, I I just I was different. I knew I was different. And um, but man, the, the community, everybody was so cool. It was so different from the inner city where everybody like I was pretty much programmed to walk around in school because we inner city school. You know, all my homies are gang members, so you kind of programmed to like not smile and and look tough and you know whatever. So I was I was like a mean little. And so I, you don't talk to each other, you know, you try, nobody's like that up in the mountains, man. I, they just no. took me in and I just love, I love the people. And uh, so I just like being around. I started making new friends. It's another, that's another lesson right there is like, you got to change your environment, man. I didn't know what I did when I did it, but I accidentally changed my environment. God put a skateboard in my life and the snowboard in my life to like, and uh, so but then, you know, I, 
I, I, I know now, like later, I, I just inspired a lot of people because I started getting all these letters into the magazines like, man, you're the reason I snowboard, man. I'm an inner city kid, too, dog. Like, and I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, this is cool because this is different. I knew and, and people liked that I was different. I'd make them laugh, man, the way that I fuck, you know, like the way I fucking talk and all like just all crazy. <laughs> they were like giggling. I don't know. It's cool. They let me be me. And but I you did. built a brand, though. This is the, the difference is that's your personality of like, you know, you're, you're outgoing, you're fun, you're from the streets, but you're in the snow. There's all these kind of weird dichotomies. And you're in a world where, um, you know, I was a poor sort of brown kid from, from I don't know, Christchurch, but you know, I was in a kind of a rich white world. And it was very similar to yourself. The difference being your positioning. Like, I, I genuinely think at a, at a moment, you probably had the most pro models partnerships collabs with any brand in the snowboard industry you had i think pro model you had flipping headphones with skull candy and ica headwear and you had tech nine everything like it was just top to bottom head to toe pro model everything what was your commercial strategy that you used going into when things started to accelerate and get bigger how did you think about the brand of mfm in the world of commercialization yeah i i i, I was just being me man like that's another lesson you you can't care what other people think about you right like i just didn't really care so i was just being a freaking nut the, the way i wanted to and then but then i knew okay it's like man people are liking this right and and now i know man when you try to market this is the problem with snowboarding and everyone else man when you try to market to everyone you market to nobody because you're not niching mm. right you ever heard that saying uh it's on it's on one of the dips like when, when the rizza or the jizza he's like you don't see any, uh, you don't see any Burton tattoos on people, or sorry, like he, he didn't say that. He said you don't, you don't see any Wu, uh, G unit tattoos on people. You see Wu Tang tattoos. Yep. Right, like no mainstream out there tattoo. So, um, but you see Tech Nine tattoos, right? Yeah. Because I was like me, hip hop dude. So I was just being me. There was a lot of haters. Going, Who's this kid? Thinks he's all blah blah blah, right? And there's like most of them are haters. Um, you know, they, they might not like you, but the more that they don't like you, the more that the niche loves you. And they're, that's the only yeah. thing why they're like, man, that's the only thing. That's the, my, that's my brand. That's, that's me right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, interesting. Like you're hitting them right there, man. Like, you you know, that, that cause they can identify. So when mm -hmm. I was doing all the, I would just do crazy, you know, whatever I thought. And then some, some of the companies are like down with it. They, that was the best thing ever because world Industries is one of the first ones like they're no one scared to put out the crazy stuff and then and I had that one's model with sims and there was like women marching i didn't i had no idea i didn't i didn't know i was being like showing or anything but they were like marching against me for a second because i had a weird you know graphic and uh yeah. <laughs> i had no idea i was just being a stupid kid but just you know being me and uh the the dope brands will be controversial and not be scared. Everybody's scared. Did you have a manager or was it all who, 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 who negotiated? Was it all you or how did it work? Uh, in the beginning. Yeah. And then my, uh, once kind of, you know, um, once that became a thing, like where you have an agent and stuff, uh, my friend, one of my good friends that I trust a lot with Todd, he's like, man, you know, I'm going to connect with these guys and be an agent. You wanted, would you do it? And I was, I just wanted to help him. We can help each other. And, uh, and man, we helped each other. You know, I didn't, I didn't know there was all that outside industry and I, I was never, I, I had a, I had a journey to take as far as talking to people and networking and being open and out there. And so he had, he had that gift.
I learned so much from from snowboarding. That was the first like someone you know really helped me out. My friend Kelly Flynn, like I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was a little like little gangster dude, yeah. pretty quiet. And I, I just like nah, I don't want you know people are looking for sponsors and stuff. So this guy Kelly Flynn, he keeps he he kept literally God put that guy in my life too because I didn't believe in myself, man. I. I I was I was pretty good, but I, I I didn't think I was like all you know whatever, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. I'm not like a networker kind of you know personality that I wasn't before. Mm. And he, goes, he starts going, "Dude, you're good, man. You could be like sponsored." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." I thought he was blowing smoke up my ass, man. I was like, "You know, when you like you go, yeah, you know." And I I that's because I didn't believe in him. He's like, "No, man, like you you." I should like you should talk to some people, man. I'm gonna go talk to some yeah. people for you. Yeah, yeah. But it, man, he said this for years, like years, and, and he, he kept going, "No, dude, I'm serious. Like, I don't think you're listening. You can be pro if you wanted, right?" And I was like, "I, I didn't believe in myself. So, like, if I talk about any more of that, I'll start crying because this guy changed my life. It took like years for this guy to believe in. Like, he poured belief into me until I finally started to kind of believe it." He was Would your you, uh, Kaz Diamato from Mike Tyson. It's the same thing, right? Kaz yeah. Diamato, to Mike Tyson, he got in his ear. He was like, you can do this, you can do this. So he kind of switched it. So the the headspace for you, as soon as it switched, did you feel it become a superpower that made you be like, cool, now I'm here, I'm about to run shit. And it just turned from like zero to a hundred real quick because it kind of felt, I don't know the exact timings or something, but it felt like there was a click of the like brand MFM. And what I thought was also really smart from a marketing perspective is, the way you strategically partner with all these different brands, clearly it was like, cool, if I'm on your brand, you need to advertise me. But then what would happen simultaneously is when there, was, there wasn't the internet like it was now, there wasn't all these other outlets. It was controlled by video parts and magazines. And when you've got all the different brands mandatorily pushing you simultaneously across the only controlled platforms which you could – by default, your brand went through the flipping roof because he was like, oh, there's a skull candy ad. Oh, there's a thing ad. Oh, there's a shit. Oh, shit. You know, it, it, it like you kind of strategically was an amazing marketing sort of play and obviously the way you position as well. I just, I I need to give a lot of respect to the, the way that you did it. Even if it wasn't by design, maybe on paper, it was definitely thought out because there yeah. was no one else that rolled like you, that talked talk like you, acted like you, dressed like you, rotary like you but then as soon as you came then all of a sudden a bunch of young rich white boys started rolling around with some do-rags and shit trying to do these cab tail <laughs> two steps and shit i'm like what the fuck <laughs> and then you see these like like triple tall t wearing things i'm like what the fuck and obviously f- for me i got i was like yeah shit because that's how i would i was kind of really obviously in new zealand small or whatever and i think from a marketing play it was really uh, hats off and kudos to you because not many people have been able to do it. Which kind of segues perfectly to the next spot. When did you realize you were at the, potentially the peak of your powers within the snowboard game? And what was your headspace to potentially think about what was next? Is that when you decided to do the block thing? Is that when you did TV stuff? Like, what was the what was the switch from? Okay, now I've got all this leverage. How am I going to convert and commercialize it? What was your thinking there? And, and what time frame do you think that was? Yeah, when I started thinking about that, that's when I was like, man, I'm going to, you know, have a brand and I need a, a logo. Like, and I started thinking of like more general stuff that I would eventually branch out because it's like, okay, that's in snowboarding. There's, there's a mm-hmm. lot more stuff. And I was already reading books, man. I, I, you know, millionaires told me to read certain books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and all that. So I'm like, man, I got to, 
I'm going to stop making other people rich and make myself rich. So I started launching companies, you know, and um, failed a bunch first. You know, I got to fail forward and get back up, right? So I already knew that part. Oh, so we just started trying things. But I, you know, I, you know what? One thing I've never talked about this, but um, one thing that really bugged me was uh, when I moved up to Vail. The, the way that I would be looked at, you know, there some of the wealthier heads would look like they they do this glance like up and down, like like that little bam bam, and I'm like, Dude. motherfucker, I I will crush, like I'll crush, like you're not smart, like so I, I start I started seeing they're not smarter than I am, they're not funnier, they're they're kind of goobery guys, and I'm like I need to know what they know, they're not that, so I was like reading books and start, I, I wanted to be at that level, not looked at like a little couch surfing, grubby little snowboarder. You know, the, what I think you probably realize as well as for me, a smaller thing was if you can look like you're from the streets, but mentally be at the C-suite, you instantly are the biggest threat because if they don't know what you know, but you know what they know, they look down upon you. It actually disarms them because their intellect actually is overfueled by ego and arrogance of some type of superiority and I've seen it actually backfire a whole bunch. So I imagine you probably got to a spot where, you know, a lot of people, you were probably in some rooms that people thought you here's some, you know, this dumb flipping Hispanic dude doesn't know shit about whatever. And you're there and I'm imagining some double XL flipping tall T and some, some flipping kicks or whatever. <laughs> and then, and then you actually understand what the game is. And did yeah. you find yourself in commercial situations at the back foot because you visually did roll like them, like like in deals, in business, in, in these other things? What rooms were you in that you felt kind of that same thing happened the way you were looked down upon? Uh, huge, man. I, I learned. So, yeah, and there's probably a lot of deals that I, I might have lost, but maybe it wasn't for me or maybe not at that time because now I know, you know, I'll chameleon, man. I'll suit up. I never, I was always like, I'll never suit up. I used to wonder, like, well, how would people just sit in those buildings with suits on the whole time? I, can't, I, don't, I, don't, understand, I don't understand how they I could ever do that. And so I was against suits. You know, I love pulling up in a Range Rover with the, you know, the girl, like the, the, the baddest looking girl and whatever. And, you know, like the suits would just look at you like, the fuck is this guy? You know, I, I love that stuff, right? But then, but then I I, I learned my lesson when um, and you, you're right about the eat because I, you know, you can get an ego too and not be coachable and stuff after a while. But I was with my partner with, when we had the blocks and we went into this big casino. So we were going to talk to the VP, right? So I roll up like me. My partner suited up. Luckily, my partner was with me with a suit on because I showed up first. So I opened the door. The guy, looked, I, I saw him do the boom, boom. Like his, his little eyes just went, he just looked at me real quick like, oh, God, this guy. And he walked back to his office. I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad my partner's here. You know, and so we, we talked and then he found out who, like, that, okay, I wasn't some grub. But, man, people judge, right? And so uh, mm. those are things to think about after a while if you're when you're trying to do real legit bigger deals because people do it's not fair but um you know i don't i don't i like to suit up now on certain occasions just like it, feel, it makes you feel gangster sometimes but not for anybody else not to not to mm. work for somebody else i'm not a buster like <laughs> you know i'll suit up for me and my my stuff when i feel like it i'm you so know the, no I, I i get it man it's the momentum shifting a lot with the optics of you know what power can look like you know power doesn't necessarily need to look a certain way um 
anymore and those with actual influence potentially sometimes now don't actually have the, the titles of influence some some you know there's a lot sometimes the i think the look of power is changing in a lot of environments um but i wanted to maybe rewind back a bit so this was you're talking to um hotel to do this is obviously the block i think we're talking about so this was what oh eight oh no when, when was the block oh seven oh eight oh nine so it's it's had an arc in a journey popped down whatever business partnerships work didn't work how how would you tell the story of the block if you're an alien now looking back at looking back at it if you were telling your, yourself what the story was like what, what what is it in the arc of mark frank what was that piece um just the, the block specifically yeah like lessons from the block life from the block oh life from the block <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't, it just depends on, you know, the stage you're in, right? When we, when, when I thought that up, it was from necessity because we would just roll around and travel. And every time I'd go to a hotel, they didn't, they were, they were kind of greedy. They, they'd charge you for Wi-Fi if they even had it or didn't even have any yet. Uh, they didn't, it was so boring. The only way, way the only reason you go there is just like, you don't want to be hanging out, right? It was just to go there and sleep. We, we would never hang out in hotels. They weren't cool. So I just was like, man, if I had a hotel, I would do all this, you know, cool stuff. And so I had these ideas, met up with my partner, and we we're like, we're going to do this freaking. And then especially because the ski resorts, are, just a couple of them are still like skiers only. So we're like snowboarder only, man. Forget it. It's like just, just be partying, pure party. So at that stage, they're like, yeah, this party, you know, like make it fun. After a while, though, man, I went through like a, a stage in my life where, you know, I was like, getting divorced, you know, going through like being really busy and missing time with my kids. Cause I had kids in the, in the process. So I'm like, started to think about more meaningful things. I'm like, what's, what am I here for, man? Is it to help, you know, seriously to help 21 year olds get plastered and act like idiots at a hotel or like, what's, you know, you just start thinking about stuff. So yeah, that's when all the other stuff opened up you know, for the next stage. So I just kind of grew out of it. And already I was kind of learning about all the self-development and automation and trying to get financially free and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, ah, man, you know, looking at, I kind of just lost interest. What do you think the biggest learning from it was like from like commercially, what do you learn commercially from, from it? Um, I think, well, who basically a trust, you know, trust, watching who you can work with being picky of who you can work with like well yep. you know it's man people get funny with with money when it when currency reveals character right because the way i kind of saw it from the outside and you probably won't remember this but when um i had my snowboard website thing in new zealand years ago we did a, um, a feature and stuff on the block and i'd reach out to you and you hooked, hooked us up to to go and actually stay there for a night we did this little profile piece and stuff and connected up with it and it felt it was like um the same way Branson looked at air travel was like, hey, this is boring. Let's make it fun. Yeah. Hey, the way, you know, it's it's the, he had the mindset of what the intent would be, but then actually converting it out. Now, you it's you clearly had a similar thing of like, how do you sort of make that fun? But the team around that, that surrounds it's important, especially if, you know, your brand is at the masthead of it, but then operationally there's a disconnect of someone else that is respected or whatever. And that's what I was going to ask you about that of just, you know, from a, commercial standpoint if you were to redo it what would you have done differently um, run it back the right people for the right jobs right there's like different kind of personalities 
some are like accountant types with the no, you know, safe and secure kind of structure, that kind of stuff. And then there's like the wild, you know, heads that'll be in the marketing and the marketing always fights with the, you know, like in the, in tech nine and every other company, the marketers would fight with the, you know, the accountants yeah. because like, no, you can't do waste all that money on marketing. He's like, well, if you, you know, if you don't do this, how are you going to bring in the money? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like they go back and forth. So you need all kinds, you need all kinds of the right people for and the right personalities for the right jobs. And you, you want to, you know, be picky of who you partner with, depending on the vision that you're trying to create. Right. Did you, did you look, did it, you obviously built up a bunch. Was this a bit, a, did, did this, did the block sink you? back down or like where were you at was it like hey this is one of the 50 things i'm doing stuff it next you know three five percent whatever or was this like a shit okay this is big like where did it how big of a dip was it for you in terms of the ecosystem of mark frank wow um no it's a crazy story so um that was big but my partner was running it and see that's a try that was my mistake and i learned my my weaknesses which is the back end infrastructure kind of stuff and yeah. to watch, watch the money and you know have control right but i was gone all the time i was being me traveling and all that so i, I really didn't have a lot to do uh, ideas you know branding do as much as i could but it was more like one of the things and by then i had read a bunch of like i said wealth books that you know they, they kind of start telling you look for the people who have the life that you want model them and you know, how are you going to get free and all this stuff? And most business owners, they don't really own their business. It owns them and all their time. Mm. Right. Like, so basically they buy themselves a job. So I didn't want to be in that situation. Right. So I, I found out and everybody thought I was crazy, but this was back then. Right. And now they don't think I'm crazy. Cause I was like, no online stuff, man. I got into like, found, you know, I, I got into another venture. It was like my first crazy experience of network marketing. Oh man, that was so, it's such a funny story, dude. But I was like, whoa, this is insane. Cause you know, you can buy direct, right? No, no brick and mortar. So and buy direct from a company. I'm like, wow, cut out the middleman. And, uh, and they, you know, but you can be the invisible middleman. That's what everybody does now. Affiliate marketing, internet marketing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Structure shipping, I did. Everybody thought I was crazy, but like, man, I, I, I dug in there and I didn't do so hot in the beginning, but you know, I so imagine you know in traditional business you're putting all your money in into the thing. I lost my life savings. Well, I was one of the times I did that. Lost my life savings in a business venture. But you know, get back up, right? Fail forward. I learned. I learned, Always, yeah. and that's not a fail. It's a win. I learned every time. And so, uh, but you know, so in regular business, you're putting all your money in for the first five years like you got to keep putting the money back in and, and you know you're the last one to get paid right you got to pay all your employees and everybody else first and and so you know i went i knew that and i was okay and I, waiting for money to trickle back in from other businesses but in the first couple of months i was in profit mm. in the home business stuff all the home business stuff and i'm like this is way better i don't have to have buildings mortgage insurance employees no overhead i'm like this is sick but I, everybody thought I was crazy. I didn't do very good. So I, I just dug in and started getting like really serious about the automation, 24-hour, you know, things that are online or 24 hours. I started learning all that. And, they, and I was looking at all my laptop lifestyle friends. These guys are all, they used to bug me. I'm like, how the hell are you on the golf course on a weekday? I was so busy, like, you know, missing out with my kids. And these guys are back and forth to Costa Rica. I'm like, dude, what, 
what do you what do you do what is that <laughs> like and they're giggling i'm like no man like what do you what is like what is that who was your um we interviewed uh meta world peace a, a little bit ago and we're talking about now he's got a um a tech investment fund and and going pretty well and, and fingers in a few pies and i was asking him about wealth management of players with you know you're in the locker room do people talk about where they're putting their money who's doing whatever and he was just like oh no bro we we talk about everything else but that and i was like what what why was there not a collective unification of sharing the knowledge of wealth with others he's like oh because uh, you know, you want to be the best. You, you don't want to say, well, I've put this, I've got that. And it becomes kind of some rah-rah macho shit. I'm interested from a snowboarder's perspective, who was in your commercial circle that was close to you during this time? Was this, did you like, did you have like CFO caliber people close to you? Did you have strategic thinkers with global expansion experience in the tech space? Did you like, what did you have and what didn't you have? I was trying, dude. And this is why I'm so stoked to connect with you and everyone else to learn, learn, right? Like I was just, I didn't like, I started off with not nothing, man. I didn't know any millionaires like until I got into snowboarding, right? And start to pay attention to people like Ken Block and, you know, like what, 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 how do they, you know? And I, I'm just always trying to meet people and find out, right? But I, I still, up until that point, I didn't really have anybody. That was like a, my partner in the, in the block was like a, brother-in-law and usually i don't know what book i read but it was one of the seven mistakes or seven types of investing that you can mistakes you can make is investing with a brother-in-law <laughs> that was like number six or whatever in it and i was like oh man learn that later right but no um i didn't have that i i, I met all my mentors mostly in books at first um, yeah, I asked because, you know, logistically when you were moving so much, unless they were with you from day one, how do you create depth in these relationships to get that insight? Like I was watching something recently with Rob Dyrdek and he was talking about he's been super lucky that he's close with Daniel White because they've shared him all the insights and, and the details, but you need to kind of almost like earn your stripes to get to the table. And for me, I've been lucky enough where what started out as charity which was kind of like, here's this young buck piece of shit, nobody that's just charging around doing some crazy shit to like, oh, he's still going and winning. Oh, and he's still, and so you kind of, I've, I feel like anyway, I would hope after 10 years or so, earned my stripes through to credibility and general relationships. But then for you, I'm thinking, you know, logistically you're on the flipping road the whole winters, you're traveling around, you got the skate thing going on. Like you, you physically weren't anywhere. So unless that team was set up before you started moving, you wouldn't, it would have been, you and your brain, because those around you, for me anyway, and I'm imagining it for yourself, the conversations of those other snowboarders in your lane, I don't think would have been the same as you. Like, how are we going to build this from a person to a platform? How do we create sustainable, you know, business ecosystem behind this to be able to, you know, generate revenue and all these different things? People aren't thinking about that. They were like, yo, let's yeah. go to Minnesota, hit some rails and drink some 40s and hook up with some hot chicks. You know, like, I, I think... Did you feel that there was tension because those around you, you were just on different wavelengths kind of commercially or mentally, not talking down to your friends or anything, but were you lonely? Yeah. Uh, big time. Yeah. And uh, well, and you know, they're your friends, but like, yeah, I remember one time my best friend Cole was like, dude, we were, you know, cause I was listening to books on tape and just, I couldn't get enough of like, I was just like, so I went from like, you know, hip hop and, you know, have mentors like like Busta Rhymes and Nas to like 
you know, it turned into Jim Rohn and Anthony Robbins and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm like shoveling. And I wouldn't talk to them because they're all talking about, oh, man, last night was crazy. We got so or whatever they're talking about. I don't know, like the front side, seven. And then I just have my headphones on it. And my friend Cole goes, dude, you don't talk to us anymore. What's up? Like, you know, and I was like, oh, man, I'm just I'm just on my I'm just I don't know. I'm learning, you know, and I remember that. Right. But um, yeah, like, you know, people at, I, I remember that clearly because, you know, it's a niche, right? And people are so into their thing. And I wasn't like all the way into the, the, just the snowboarding. I was like, man, I, by then I was, I knew about, okay, making money with your passions, but you know, like I was kind of just growing out, like, right. I wanted the next, I'm always after yeah. the next pioneer new explore new ideas. And I had learned to get my mind open and look for information, you know, so you can get the, the Intel. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of lonely. And then, but then I was still like in a, in a place of, uh, not like emotionally intelligent because man, they started taking shots at me, you know, in the in the magazines oh, yeah. and stuff. And I was like, these motherfuckers are that. okay. You want to and so I started taking shots back because at that time I was like emotionally not there. Like I was just take things all personal, right? But um, so I man, I shot back at all at, at all of snowboarding, which I shouldn't have. It's just like there's a good 20% of like a 10% negators that are just gonna hate on everything, but I took it personal. So I was like, you guys are the ones that are, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. So I just got disenthused and, and took off into my next passion. And I just like, bam, bounced into so do you, my deal. Do you still, how many days, you still shred now? You still skate? Still got a kickflip in you? Still got a back one? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, not, not lately, not skating as much. Like I'm surfing every day, dude. It's and it's not like to be try to be pro. It's just, man, like you get crazy fit. It's like the challenge is thing is so hard. It's so stupid hard that, that man, there's, there's some lessons in there, right? Like you got to bust your ass for ever to even get, be able to catch a wave and like in business, right. To get in front of the wave and catch a wave. You got to be, you got to be, you know, you gotta be yeah. there. Um, do you, what's your circle like around you now for for your strategic stuff? Like, who's in your who's in your bubble now? Have has things changed? Have you brought crew in? Like, how do you think about the your new ecosystem, your new world? Um, great question. Uh, I'll always be the dumbest one in the room, man. Like, I'm. I'll, I have a friend, Brandon Lowry. That's just he's such a good person a mentor um but I, we moved over here to california just to get mentor just to be mentored and be around the right environments you know so you want to be the dumbest one in the room right so like if you're the smartest one in the room then you need to get a new room <laughs> or like get mm. a, the smartest friend get new get new friends right and it's not like you're losing old friends i love everyone to death uh, it's just to learn you know and raise up because you're gonna you're gonna be the product of your environment yeah, the, the the circle one's a tricky one. It's um, it's like levels. I remember watching this little documentary thing, and it had um, Snoop Dogg talking to ASAP Rocky, and it was kind of like old dog, young buck, and he was talking about he's like, you know, these levels to this shit. And basically, if you and your homies from day one are here, and if you want to 
you know, if you want to get to here, they either got to come up, either you stay there and do nothing or they have to come up with you. And so the, the, he was talking about the gap, the gap between the greatness of what you want to get to and those around you, if they'll support you and come and level their shit up to get to it. Or, you know, probably to, to the other conversation, you know, I'm sure you're in the back country there. They're talking about, you know, partying, drinking and bullshit and girls and whatever. And you've got to flip an audio, you know, Anthony Robbins headphones on. You're in two different lanes. There's a gap, you know? And so what Cole was probably talking about was that gap. Now, when you maybe transition, but now, like when you actually back a sec, now when you look at the snowboard world, um, you're the Don, you're the guy, you're the dude. Who do you think has the torch in, a, in your niche? In your niche, you're the, the Don in the niche, right? Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think has the torch now in that in that space? In your opinion, when you look at the snowboard world now, obviously we've had you know recessions come through, demolish people. We've had so much different crazy shit, but with the current world of snowboarding today in 2021. Who do you feel holds the torch? Um, man, I I feel bad. I, I don't feel bad. I, I'm busy, but um, the kid that rides for Nitro, I'm, I'm not plugged in all the way, but man, Torstein, so sick, dude. Uh, Sean White, I got so much respect for. Like, wow, mindset, everything, just badass. Um, uh, but uh, the kid, the kid on Nitro, I, uh, I'm gonna make myself look dumb here. Um, he's sick though, all the like the butters to the like just crazy. Sixties, all way like way too much control. Um, what do you think of like the quads now, like triples and quads? Are, like you know, in, in your day, it was you know back to back? I remember when I think it was the White Album, whatever came out. Sean White went. Um, well, I think he was practicing at Snow Park. It must be maybe. Oh, five or six, he was in, you know, uh, all four nines. It was like, oh, I couldn't do all four nines. It was like the biggest <laughs> thing in the world. And now I watched, um, I think, you know, X Games Big Air and it's flipping switch back quad 16, front 18, tail. And I'm like, like, what the fuck? Where, how did this yeah. shit happen? Like, what do, what do you, when you look at the talent now and what they're doing, what do you think? Would you do it again? Is that a smart choice? Does the back one still prevail? What do you think of snowboarding in 2021? Yeah, yeah no, nah, it's, I mean, it ain't, it's not that hard. Uh, I mean, if I had an airbag too, I'd be, I'll bust that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because like back then, that was the level back then that we, you know, we were messing with that and to be pioneering that stuff. Now they're pioneering this, but this guy's got airbags and all this crap. So it's not that, you know, pretty crazy but you know when you're younger you can take beatings too <laughs> it's not like i yeah uh, uh, one of the questions that, i can't believe i can't think of this kid's name I, I, is it marcus cleveland yeah cleveland thank you yep marcus yeah, yeah. I, I was I, I was thinking it was i just was like i didn't want to um so I, I was gonna ask um one of my friends asked me to ask what's your favorite ever j2 story <laughs> oh no man this there's there's so many because <laughs> i've uh, never met the dude and it was obviously you know like sad um to hear what had happened but i just remember when i was younger watching this thing like this dude is wild <laughs> like he's <laughs> wearing some crazy orange pants and his funky weird like gap shifty 50s and shit i'm like it's like a a, a stand-up comedian mixed with a, a, a gymnast circus acrobat but drunk smoking 
and on a rail. Like it was just this weird, <laughs> con- this, it was, it was such, is that a fair accurate description of J2 or am I way off? Man, it, well, it's just like, he wasn't even trying to, to be like that. It was just like nor- that normal him, you know, just so genuine, man. He was so warm, warm to everyone. So like he was one of the first that was just such a warm, friendly dude without being like overly friendly, just man, so cool. Come on, guys. And like he made he a session wasn't a session without him. Like he made every session so fun because he would and he he I learned to have fun being around him because you know sometimes I could be way too serious too, right? And like, but man, just watching him go around and like find the 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 little nickiest thing that you could jump on and twirl around on. He'd find everything in the run, right? Even some flat dead run. And all of a sudden everybody's like so stoked hitting up, you know, following each other, hitting all these stupid little twigs or whatever. And, uh, but he would do that with everything. He'd, he'd motivate us to guys. I found this full pipe, you know, like a little tight little, like not even, you know, <laughs> not very high, right? Really sketchy. And I found it. Come on. Lee. And it was like, but it's in this locked, Thing. we got to cut the chain and like there's a dog in there, you know? so, like we're like serious dude you know and he's like no come on and he, he'd get us going in there and we did it and got the footage and I'm like damn i would have never i would have never like so many things i never would have done if, if he wasn't there to make it happen he just made it made so it's it. a mindset yeah the, the mindset of the the radical optimist who always has a different lens than many and and not too many people have that i know but it felt like he had a um like an infectious energy that he could walk into a room of 20 people that were hating their day and he just rolls through and it's just like, you know, and then that, that's, he feels like a, the first snowflake in a snowball that chooses, (laughs) that chooses to start the avalanche. He's like, no, no, we're going stuff. this shit. Let's boogie. (laughs) Everyone has one in their group, right? And you can't go on a trip without them. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, even just there was a quite I forget what it was talking about. You know, people won't remember what you said or whatever. They'll remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. You know, and I even met him. Don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm. I, 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 I am close in any way. But the energy of what I saw from afar, from everything that was created, he was clearly a guy like that that made people feel a certain way that brought joy and energy and, and positive momentum and kind of just like the, um, in many ways, probably like a, a good positive glue for a good time in, in your life as well. So I'm sure you've got plenty of memories, which probably aren't suitable to be discussed publicly. <laughs> he got us in so many situations and fun, you know, after the bar and all that stuff. But again, what's one what's one what's one drinking story of j2 which not many people would know from a night out that that went south and you woke up and you're like how did that shit happen <laughs> yeah oh man i don't know uh there the, we can't it's the one that we can't talk about there was like girls involved you know <laughs> oh, okay yeah okay, like, one. but yeah i mean you know that's young stuff but you, yeah, you wake up, you don't know where you are, how you got there, how you're going to get out of there, <laughs> like none of it. And, and that, that's it. That's It's the story you tell later. It's priceless. He's, he was a gift. Um, I remember the, um, the, the footage of you just spraying skiers. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was just thinking about before we chat, I was like, I wonder for those that aren't aware, so as part of certain video parts would just be these crazy aggressive toe side slashes just demoing skiers, like smoking them. And I think, I, I don't know where it was in um, in uh, in Utah or Colorado, but it was that crazy slush spring shit. So it was just like walloping these dudes. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was thinking about, I wonder how many people, because we started just spraying skiers. We thought it was funny. I wonder how many, I wonder the butterfly effect. Have you ever thought about how many fights have got into people, altercations on the mountain, people getting kicked off the mountain, ski patrol arresting people, police getting involved and fights that have been started because you created three second snippets of you just toe side <laughs> demoing skiers in Utah. Have you thought about the consequences of your actions, Mark Frank Montoya? Yeah, yeah. No, I've lived through them too, man. One time. So <laughs> he's like, oh, so many. Yeah, but uh, give me one. So I went to Houston one time to get like they gave me a pass, right? A free pass. But I went to go get in. They're like, "Oh, that this is you, huh?" And I was like, "Huh? <laughs> You're the one that did the thing." We get people every day, every day, every day coming in here complaining because snowboarders are spraying their skiers, and they like almost didn't give me that pass. <laughs> like these corporate guys with the sweaters on, like they were mad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! <laughs> so, what, were you aware of? Um, were you aware of the following that you had? Because you were, you were, you were, you were more influential than social media influencers without social media. Were you aware that you know you do a spray scares and then you get all these fights? When you were thinking about like all your butters, you know, you do a lot of different like, you know, flat ground butter tricks and all sorts of shit, you know, simple, cool shit done dope. And it was, it was just weird because you were, it was so, people are off like, let's do, you know, Ross Powers 20 foot methods. Let's do, you know, crazy shit here. And it's like, no, no, I'm just going to do like a cat towel switch to save, you know, do rag face mask, all this shit. And that's what popped. Like, did it ever surprise you or your thoughts about the influence that you actually had from a, a trick influence side of? Because if there was a um a history Bible that comes out of the Hall of Fame of snowboarding, those two things would definitely be in there, which I'm sure it'd be like back ones, straight ears, and dope, <laughs> your spraying skiers and butters. Have you thought about that as well? <laughs> I have now, yeah. Like, because that has a lot with the marketing that you asked about right but back then you know i was just doing i just i i i learned early only do like i, I learned all those lessons you know go after like the passion not the money and all that stuff and and just do like do what feels good so i would just do what feels good and then you do it you do a lot of it and then you get stupid good at it right like i'm more scared of the 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 person who knows only one kick but has done it a thousand times than i am the dude that knows a thousand kicks you know that kind of thing and you 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 start to get your own rhythm and potency with it but um you know when i started when i thought about that this i was like man no we need to i want i'm gonna i want to put a lot of spraying in in this part because these they would piss me off so bad and i knew other i would watch the skiers like do 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 you know and get in the way of the rails and all that and get in the way of people in the park and then the skiers would be mad at the snowboarders and they're the skiers were the ones that would be in the way right because they're like they're they 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 only look forward right going down so they're not looking side to side and then so the snowboarder that can look side to side and is watching everybody you know carving around and having fun 
it's not their fault in, in my eyes, right? <laughs> but it wasn't their fault. So I would always look out for people, but the skiers would not look out, and then they'd wreck in, and you know, they'd be all mad, throwing their pole at you and stuff, and you get to grab their pole and throw it. And it but I knew how people felt. Like I knew I wasn't the only one. I'm like, I want to put this in, and then, and that's it's you got to get into people's mind, right? Like, how do they feel? How do they feel? What are their problems? What do they think about? What are their frustrations? Their pains? Their challenges? And then that they identify. If you can get people to identify, that's the deal. You know, so I, it's I, I a, just people identified with my how I felt. Well, you felt like spraying skis and pissing the bastards people <laughs> off. But I, I have always wondered about that because when you can own a little niche like that of like, I'm just gonna spray this shit out of some, and then that spring slush when it just demos them, <laughs> they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Those are like heavy projectiles, the slushy ones. Yeah, because like, oh man, man it's so good. So. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll switch gears a bit, but there's lots of um, learnings that snowboarding is teaching you about headspace and belief in yourself and, and whatever. Now in your new world, so when people ask you now in 2021, they haven't seen anything like when they say, hey, what's your name? I'm Mark. They're like, hey, Mark, what do you do? Dot, dot, dot. So in 2021, and I say, hey, Mark, what do you do? How do you answer? Uh, um, I help people make money from home now and, uh, you know, mindset stuff bring in more channels of income coming into their business. Every business needs more leads, more sales, more income coming in. That's, that's all it's, I mean, you have to learn new things, mindset, you know, new school business, but also uh, financial education, right? Like not a lot of people are financially educated. That was one of my problems and why I blew a lot of money, waste a lot of money, got taken advantage of from a lot of people. The system is rigged against you, you know, like wall street and all the crap. So I, I, I teach all this stuff and coach and, you know, it's, well, a lot of professionals are out there, but I, I know a lot of smart, broke people. Right? So, is they, the is is the product um, is the product courses? Is the product an app, a widget, a site, a design studio? Uh, like, what is the what is the offering essentially? Yeah, it it depends on what people are, you know, where they're at and what they want to do, what their passions would be. But there's there's all kinds of stuff. There's network marketing, internet marketing, you know, affiliate marketing, all that kind of stuff. I have a blog. Um, there's financial education programs. We're going to be opening up offices over here. Um, you know, there's, there's like click funnels is a, a software yeah. that you can use to right to build a business online. Cause traditional business man is, is dying, right? People with COVID, they had to learn how to make money from home and get more efficient and, and automated and, you know, sell online. It, there's tons. So in 2021, what do you think the, the most effective way to make money from home would be? Um, if it depends on what you, you look, you know, what people are looking for, right? If they're, for me, I just wanted to be home, like with my, around my kids. Mm. So that would be home business, right? But then that depends on what you're into. If you're kind of techie person, you can figure out how to leverage with Google or, you know, have a blog. If you don't mind being on video, you can, you, it just, it just depends. So I consult, you know, or I send people through my own funnels to see how serious they are and, you know, if you're coachable and learnable, you can uh, find out. But I'll, I'll, I really like sit down and find out what people, what would be a good fit, right? And where they can yeah, start. We're in debt; they don't have money, you know. So I can we figure yeah. out that you can make money with no money. That stuff is going viral. Some people might have seen like the viral whitening toothpaste online. We have to get that going. 
um, where you can make money with your Facebook. There's like all kinds of crazy stuff. It just depends on where people are. And if they have other business, like if they already have a business, you can teach them how to bring in more channels of income coming into the business with using their, their image. Got it. And the, the revenue stream from it is a pay for a course type thing. Do you pay it from engagement and then clip ticket on equity? Is it, there's a financial backing? Like what are the different models of, of engagement? Cause I asked because a good friend of mine in New Zealand, uh, James Kemp, he's, um, he was at a time living in Bali, selling the flipping dream, walking on the beach, blah, blah, blah. But the difference was he actually did it and was with $200 million companies and he's a, he's a flipping baller. Yeah. One of the early things, like he's, he's, he's a weapon. But I keep saying to him, I was like, bro, you do realize that the wave of coaches selling courses to other coaches to be coaches, that literally <laughs> looks like you. But the difference is you've actually done it. And you're not like any of these other guys. So how do you differentiate yourself with actual depth when there's so many of these? And I've, I've also know several, um, uh, let's just call them Muppets, who don't know flipping what they're doing and they're there preaching the, the gospel of all this other shit. And it's like, dude, no, no, when you're not converting shit into that thing. You don't actually add any value stuff. You, you don't actually understand business. You're just exploiting this wave of coaches to our courses for coaches. So, but the, the, this was asking about the revenue models. How do you, uh, yeah, what are the other? What are the ways that you think about um, genuine engagement for actual impact for businesses in a, in a modern way? When there's a lot that obviously don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's a great point right there. Um, and that's what I was talking about the dabbling, right? Because everybody. So I want like this is what I this is why I love what I do, and I I freaking I love talking about this stuff right here because see when I first jumped in, I didn't know shit either. So then I went out and trying to tell my friends and they, I didn't know how to explain what I was doing. Right. So most people at that point will give up because all their friends like, you know, whatever, kill your dreams. Right. Like They don't know they're doing it. And and back to that point we were talking about, you know, you start like going off in another direction and you're like taking off. Right. But your friends are all right here. So they, they don't know that that crabs in the bucket thing, but they'll go say, nobody's going to buy that stuff. And they'll kind of, they don't know they just don't want to lose you as a friend, right? So they they grab you, and they they try to pull you back down into so they don't lose you as the friend. But like, I, man, you have to have a strong reason why. So I I I took the time and I dug in and invested time and money into to learning all this stuff. And some of that's called attraction marketing. Like I do that too, where I'll, mm. I'll the way that you do it is you you teach people for free, right? Like you your position, just like if you're a pro snowboarder, you don't have to sell stuff. Like, oh, I really got this razor sharp edge you know i love the board because of the base and the flexibility you know all this stuff you just you know, the authority of the subject and so that you can kind of wear the hat and then people are like well i want to ride whatever you know if he's that good he's probably riding the right stuff i'm gonna buy that that's why the company's paid us right mm. but when you learn the stuff you hang in there long enough to actually learn it and do it and get the results and you can teach it for free right so i have a blog i, I do videos i'll you know scale some ads and then sell courses so i sell some of those courses because those courses taught me how to do it right mm -hmm. so i ended up and what the what some courses teach you to do is is marketing it's a they're marketing platforms some like one of the things is like a it's an actual education platform that teaches you how to market right so most people that get into like all that marketing stuff network even network marketing that which is i still have a passion for that i'm getting paid out of 17 countries from one of those crazy so but it, but it wasn't from like chasing, you know, I, I tried the whole chasing your friends and family, like the nightmare way to do it. And uh, <laughs> that's what everybody thought I was crazy. 
what, 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 what's worse, going into business with, with your family or trying to sell, sell them oh the course? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> don't, try and don't do any of that. Don't, I would never – like, and if you think about it later, I was thinking about, like, man, you know, I wouldn't even hire – most of my family for to if I, you know in a traditional business so why would i ask them into my business into a business right <laughs> but um no but like so you learn how to market right you, you got to invest in yourself and take courses and you learn how to find people who are already interested in what you have to offer got it so the platforms are so powerful that you can laser target people that are already proven to buy in that area and prove like already interested in what what that what you have right so that's why you pick what so you Yeah, no, it's a, totally get it. So if, you know, rewind back 20 years, you're um, the Don in one world. 20 years later, you're building this new one out. Fast forward 20 years from here, if we were to look in three chapters, um, what, what, is that, what does that next wave look like if we think a decade or two down the track? Man, Anthony Robbins changed my life um all, all, all the way around like I, I i originally so i want to be anthony robbins a mix between anthony robbins and stevie wonder i have my, all my music here like i but oh, like, yeah I, yeah i want to impact i don't want to just do you know i just want to impact like stevie wonder does right or like anthony robbins man god has his hand on that guy on his freaking head man the dude i went there for uh you know um he's you know i i heard man he can put you know you can learn how to get in your into your peak state as an athlete right like he's done with for agassi and everyone else so i kind of invested heavy heavy to go do that and i almost didn't go because everybody thinks they're busy in life running around being you know whatever and i but i'm so glad that i got involved and started going to the some of the next ones the deeper ones more you know more time in there and i didn't it wasn't anything it didn't come out i didn't come out of there with like crazy athlete guy I came out of there with like a better relationship with my mom you mm -hmm. know and, and just rewiring and everything that, that happened to me in my young you know in my younger days was i used to be mad about that stuff you know my, like my mom was an alcoholic so my, my sister's still mad about all that i was mad too until i went there and then i was reprogrammed for, and i'm like i came out of there so stoked on everything that bad that happened to me like because it built me into the person i needed to be to do what i'm doing now and i can help other people through all these barriers and roadblocks and stuff so i just like the impact man. i like being a, learning how to be a better coach rewire reprogram mindset breakthrough barriers it's mega. Um, so if people want to uh, check out your website, the different bits and pieces that you're involved with, uh, where can they go to and what can they, um, where can they go? Is it mcfrankmonboy.com? What's the website? Where can they go? What can they do? Um, well, if you like, if you're into kind of learning, you know, what's kind of on the, on a, on a money side, maybe hold you back there. I have endlessassets.com. If you're say you're already in a home business, you already have your own like side hustle and stuff, you can go to nevercaseofthemondays.com or uh, you know, if if COVID affected you, finally work from home.com. Right. Yeah. So, but, but you can start with simple my name, Mark Frank Montoya, M A R C F R A N K. <laughs> I was about to say what to say. Um, it's been a, a great chat, man. Go through a bit of memory lane from the world. Obviously, you know, coming up through the game, a huge amount of respect for um, everything that you've done within the space and the brand and the. It was just there was a um, you help 
lead a change in the world of snowboarding which affected a whole bunch of people so it is one that was definitely affected by and um, looked up to a lot and for the brief interactions in the past and the um, goodwill that you've had I really appreciate your time and it's cool to you know wake up in another decade still being in the game and um, seeing you know relationships from the past um, move into the future as well and seeing the transition has been pretty awesome to see so I really appreciate your time bro Ah, uh, man, I'm, I'm stoked to connect. Let's connect again. I'd love to go over there, visit. You come over here, man, hang out. We'll, we'll go goober out together in the, in the waves, trying to learn. It's <laughs> no, my, my, my 12 foot two super male. Take my fat yeah. ass up on there. With... <laughs> um, appreciate your time. Um, Mark Frank Matoya, pleasure talking to you, bro. Thanks so much and best of luck Thanks on the line. For Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome, bro. All right, rock and roll, everybody. Um, that was Mark Frank Montoya. Uh, snowboard legend weapon in the game uh, dash radio dash walk x um, enjoy the rest of the day fam and i'll talk to you